episode of Beyond the Front Door is brought to you by Peak Properties in Cheyenne, Wyoming. With over 75 years of combined experience in real estate, it's our goal to help clients buy and sell and save by providing the information you want and the professional services you expect. Let us help you with your residential, commercial, HUD, income-producing properties, as well as vacant land and rental needs. To learn more, visit www.sellcheyenne.com. I've never had a house burned down in mid-contract. That's like not on my mortgage bingo card yet. I don't yeah. know if you guys have that. Mortgage but... bingo card. Um, <laughs> no, not. You guys don't have mortgage. I'm bingo going to card? record no, you just to make a real card. Um, we should. We should. Yeah, I, I we've actually joked about it, and I, I, I mean, like we talk about all the things, but we should definitely like create an actual board every year. Yes. Be like, who can get blackout? <laughs> that person deserves That would be a motivating. Drink. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good idea. Well, and then I wonder, then I'd be kind of curious, um, not only a blackout, but then like none. You right? know, like, like yeah, who everybody just had perfect transactions all year. All year. Does that exist? Is that a unicorn card? Or? I mean, we're not recording. You should get, get a bank. <laughs> a lottery ticket. I don't know. You'd be a lot, buy a lottery ticket if that happened. <laughs> oh, it has been a day. So my, um, I may have a little bit of a sense of humor today, although it might be a little more dramatic. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I'm kind of feeling a little bit feisty. Yeah, a little yeah. sassy. Oh, this is going to be great. I'm, I'm like all about the I'm like, I'm like feeling a little What's, spicy today. I'm not What really is sure. the rating of this podcast? PGR. <laughs> My son, we interviewed him yesterday. He was asking the same thing. He's like, so can I swear? And I'm like, Lindy's like, absolutely, you can swear. Now there is one little piece I want to cut out because, you know, just because. We I, said we can say anything and then we're like, but you can't. can't say that. <laughs> you can't say that. I'm your mom, and you trust me, you don't want that on there. So we're not going to do that. Oh, All right. Man. Should we just start? Yeah. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Welcome. You're listening to Beyond the Front Door podcast with Lindy and Rhea. And we're real estate agents in Cheyenne, Wyoming with Peak Properties. And we bring you real estate stories that inspire you, make you laugh, cringe, cry. Come on in. We put the real in real estate. And we got another great guest today. Yes, we do. I'll let Rhea introduce him. (laughs) Yeah, we we were just talking, and I said I'm a little bit sassy. Yeah, we're all feeling a little sassy today. It's well, it's the last day of January. I feel like maybe maybe we've all had enough. And January is 165 (laughs) days days long. feeling that way today <laughs> if you could get points for how many things you accomplish in one day today would be my day so anyway thank you so much for being here i would like to introduce josh ayers with uh, fairway independent mortgage and i the i high plains high plains high yeah plains team high the high plains we gotta team. talk a little bit about that today right you guys have had some questions on that on the podcast we have so. yeah <laughs> also you you've been listening to some well of course <laughs> Josh Boyers and Taylor yeah. Eisenbarths and yeah. yeah, absolutely. So yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, your family and how long you've lived in Cheyenne and how you came, you know, to be a mortgage lender. Okay, absolutely. So yeah. And uh, and if you're a mortgage lender, I always say, are, are we saying this correctly? Yes. Mar- mortgage lender, mortgage, mortgage broker, broker mortgage you know what I mean? Like, let's, maybe let's, you can let's, get, let's into get into that. Let's okay. get into that. Terminology <laughs> okay, in, re- cool. in, in mortgage is like people have all these names that yes. they throw around. Nobody knows what the heck they mean. And, I and don't we're sound like stupid, on the mortgage so. side, we're all just like, it's fine. Call it's me whatever <laughs> you want as long as you call me. Right? I usually oh, just, there we go. <laughs> that's perfect. I usually just say lender. That's perfect. Because yeah, then I'm wonderful. not, but technically... Yes. So technically, we are retail mortgage lenders. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Um, and and I don't know if we want to go down the business and finance rabbit hole. I'm happy with that. I'm a nerd. So um, through okay. and through. But let me intro. Yes. Uh, so my name is Josh Ayers, and uh, I'm the branch manager for the High Plains Mortgage Team here. Of course, um, I have lived in Cheyenne for 15 years now. Um, I have the most wonderful, amazing wife in the world. We live here with our two feral children. Um, they're six and four, both boys. So, oh, definitely uh, feral. Definitely feral. Definitely feral. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we, we just live out east of town and I, I'm a hobbyist hobby. So I always tell people my hobby is having hobbies. I like wow. learning about new things and diving in and, and geeking out, nerding out on things. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. 
cool. That's awesome. So where did you come here from? Okay, so that's a fun story. I was born in the Federated States of Micronesia. My parents were missionaries with the Salvation Army. And so their station, their, their sort of duty station or area of work was the Pacific Islands. And Ooh, so the Federated States of Micronesia is a chain of islands in the Pacific Ocean. And usually, you know, on most maps, you have to like zoom way in to see it. It's a teeny tiny little island called Pohnpei. Um, so, so where in relation to Hawaii then? Like where? Way far away from Hawaii. Way far Closer away. to Japan. Closer to Japan. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and like in the same area as Guam. Okay. So we lived in Pohnpei for a while. We moved around a few different islands. Um, we lived in Hawaii for a little while. I actually okay. lived in Oregon for a short time. Uh, and then sure. back to Pohnpei, then to Guam, and then to Cheyenne, Wyoming. Uh, <laughs> well, that's kind of out of character for that little... My parents are from here. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I had visited a bunch of times, and, you know, so I, I, I knew the area a little bit, but we moved back here uh, when I was fairly young, so... Yeah, okay. that's how I ended up in Cheyenne. Wow, that's a very interesting, I don't know, very many people can say that they've traveled along the, what do you call that ocean area? I mean, I know it's the Pacific Ocean, but it's called something um, because um, her, uh, tsunamis and hurricanes hit it. That space between the United States and Japan, that whole, do you know what I'm talking about? There's a word they call that space I don't... in there. I don't know anything about geography. I was like, it's, it's not or... in my spot. <laughs> okay. anything. They're, well, uh, they're maybe typhoons. I'm geeking yep. out here. Yeah, what, you'll what, think of it. <laughs> what I do know is they're typhoons in the Pacific. And there we go. That's what Atlantic. I mean. Thank you. Yes. So all right. That's, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're all learning a little bit today. <laughs> my brain will shut down here any minute. So. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about the brand a little bit. Yeah. High Plains Mortgage Team, because yeah. I, I um, love that we built that. So I started the branch that we have in December of 20. So um, just over a year ago. And uh, what I wanted is I, I wanted some local branding that was really representative of how we do things. Because we do, Fairway's a phenomenal company, but we go even a step above that. And so locally here, we've got that brand, the High Plains team, and we've got mm -hmm. the Buffalo on there. Just that, and That's only here in Cheyenne. It's the only place that exists. Okay. okay. Um, so that's just sort of our, our co-branding along with Fairway. That's why a lot of us rock that name. And you I know, see. we've got that on a lot of our stuff just to sort of, differentiate ourselves steps apart but proud to be part of fairway so we always put that there too okay yeah awesome great way to put that uh so what made you decide to get into mortgage lending like what is that what you when you graduated from high school and if you pursued any other education after that like what what's the journey that got you here nobody ever like intends to go into mortgage. <laughs> well, okay. okay that's unless, what it kind of like, sounds like <laughs> it's always accidental it's like okay. oh there's this whole world here right um so i actually i went to school for business and finance um okay. i've worked for a couple of different businesses in a few professions um most recently before mortgage i was working for my parents who own harmony hearth and home here in town oh, okay uh, and I was doing some management for them uh, and I just decided I wanted to go back and do something for numbers I just like I said I'm a nerd I, I get along well with numbers and so I told them like hey I'm gonna you know just do some side jobs and I'm gonna go find a permanent job and honestly I, I applied for a bunch of stuff with the state actually I, I think Boyer was talking about yeah. this he and I shared yeah. this too or it's just <laughs> it wasn't going anywhere it was like I'm tired of waiting I just walked into my credit union and I was like hey you guys need somebody because like I need a job and I like numbers <laughs> you have the personality so. <laughs> to do that just walk right in and be yeah. like hey I want to do this what do you think yeah so what was their response uh so they were interviewing for tellers that afternoon <laughs> so um I showed probably the only teller interview they've showed up for in a suit because I was in a suit and tie that day which is not my personality, but I was trying. Uh, I interviewed, <laughs> I got a job as a part-time teller, and then within a year, um, I had a few different promotions, and a mortgage spot opened up at the credit union, and I was like, you know what? Sure. Why not? Let's try it. Yeah. I was going to go down the investment banking road, um, but I was like, I don't know what's going on there, so here's mortgage. Let's give it a shot. There was a guy at the credit union that very much inspired me to get into it, and so I was like, okay, let's go. Um, the rest is history. I've been doing that for seven years now. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. I think that um, what a lot of people don't know about mortgage lenders is um, how much you want to, and I, for sure it depends on the mortgage lender, but what I've definitely heard from you and your team is how much you want to help people get into a home. I was thinking about this yesterday um, in that I think – some people can just, you know, depending on their life circumstances, can just walk in, 
apply for a home loan, they're, you know, they get the pre-qualification letter and they go out looking for a home and it's as easy as that. But I'm guessing that's not always the case. And um, one thing that I would love to do with this podcast is sort of reduce the stigma around if people have anxiety or fear about going to talk to a mortgage lender and they know that their journey is not perfect and sort of let down their guard and talk to somebody and literally develop a plan. Because it seems to me whenever I've spoken with you and others, it's not a, it's typically not a multi-year process, right? Like it seems like most people can get it and make it happen in under a year and maybe even closer to six months. And so I'm wondering if you can share a little bit how you came to that process as well and really sort of um, engage with um, people that are interested in purchasing home to help them get there. I love that question. Mm -hmm. I love that question. Um, so it, it is... Well, because you're like the educator. <laughs> yeah. So You and, are. And, you like to... I mean, that's what I've noticed about mm -hmm. you. Yeah, and, that, and actually... And some lenders are different than that. And mm -hmm. I feel like you're you're there to help them and teach Absolutely. them along the way. 100%. And, and everybody has their style, their niche, and their value, right? And right. so all of us have had to at some point go, okay, what what builds my energy? What encourages me and inspires me? And honestly, mine is encouraging and inspiring other people. So that's yep. what I like to do. And so yep. that's why I love that question because, gosh, the number of times that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have people telling us, hey, I'm, I'm trying to get this buyer to call you. They're wanting to look at houses. They're just not sure. And they're a little scared. And it's mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm not scary. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to bite your head off. I'm going to yeah. smile, actually, yeah. you know, and I am a human judge being. Them. I'm not yeah. going to judge you. Yes. Yeah. And it's. I always like to tell people that are worried about that. I'm like, I promise you I've seen worse. <laughs> and yeah. maybe I haven't. And in that case, then I'll have a fun story. But, um, you know, it, it you really... You won't know <laughs> that you're the worst. We don't give you like a badge or anything. That's right. That's right. I should. <laughs> uh, but that's no, funny. I won't. I won't. And, you know, honestly, it is a lot more approachable than most people think when they yeah. look at it. And what it comes down to is, is people think it's this giant hairy monster and they don't know where to start. Yeah. And so what they need is somebody to go, hey, let's look at this piece by piece, mm -hmm. right? Let's look at each part of your scenario. Because when people hear, I can't qualify for a home, they hear that as a permanent statement. They hear yeah. that as, yeah. I don't qualify. Okay. And I'm always very, very careful to tell people, hey, right now, it doesn't work. But there mm -hmm. are things we can do to get you there, yeah. right? Yeah. So if the issue is your income... Hey, I, I can't make you make more money. I would love to, you know, mm -hmm. since sometimes I do if I'm hiring. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, for the most part, it's like, what, what life changes are we expecting? You know, are you going to get a promotion? Are you going to get a raise? Are you, you know, engaged to somebody and you're going to combine your finances here soon? So there's other things that people don't think about. They think about it as their reality right now is their permanent reality. And that's just not true. Yeah. Um, and then oftentimes people are surprised that right off the bat they qualify, right. you know, they're just, the opposite. Sure. <laughs> they're just yeah. like, wait, hold on. What? Like everything's <laughs> good. House? I'm like, yes, yes. You waited two years to ask me that question and you could have done it all, all the whole along. time. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and, and I always tell people like the, the best time to buy a house was yesterday, mm -hmm. but the next best time is today. Today. And yep. so at least have the conversation because then you'll know where you stand. Mm -hmm. Then you'll know if it's a two month process, if it's a, if you're ready now, if it's a two year process, cause you know, credit repair, especially if you have a lot of complications that takes time. Mm -hmm. It's not like you can undo five years of not paying bills inside mm -hmm. of a month. Yeah. Um, but we're here for the long haul with you. I have clients yep. that, that we've worked together for three or four years before they were ready to buy a house. Yeah. Sure. Self-selected, right? They didn't do right. all the steps. They didn't make life it a priority happened. in their life, which is yep. okay. Your, yep. your, your house is not your life. Life yep. is about a lot more than that. But how can we come alongside you and help you with that financial goal? Because that is the number one way that Americans build wealth. It's like 80% yep. of American wealth is in equity and properties. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing, and you and I have talked about this before, that there's some shame involved, you know, when if you have made um, mistakes in your financial journey and it is, I just think it's hard to face that shame or to not see it as shame and just yeah. understand that, you know, uh, you're the only one walking your path. You're the only one being faced with the decisions you're being faced with. It's unique to you. And, you know, there's always a way forward. And I think a lot about, it's almost like you should be a mortgage lender slash coach 
right? Yeah. Because we've talked, several of our guests so far have talked about the importance of having a, like a, some type of life coach, whether it's a health coach or a life coach or whatever the case is, because they can kind of see around the corner when you're not to that corner yet. And I almost, that's almost how I see you as well. Like you're up at the corner, you can see the path to home ownership, but you, you know, you're just serve as a coach to get them there. Absolutely. And, yep. and uh, I, I take that as a great compliment. I yeah. have three coaches in my life. <laughs> Two of them are like career coaches and, and one fitness coach. Okay. So, so you uh, have coaching coaches is, too. is very, yes. very near and dear to my heart. And yes. I do see that as a role that I play for my team member, especially at work, but absolutely for every single client. You know, like I said, it's inspiring people. And there's a reason that when, when people come out of that transaction, you know, I tell people, if you ask anybody who's especially first-time home buyers, go ask your family members what they thought of buying their house. Eight out of 10 of them are gonna tell you it's terrible and be prepared for the worst experience. And by the way, the worst person in that whole thing is your lender. They suck and they're gonna ask you for the same document oh, six different you think times, so? right? Okay, okay, I guess uh, maybe that. <laughs> well, I, I, know, that. I know, and I have heard clients say they feel like, I mean, they're handing over way more documents than they thought they should. Oh, have. they yes. do. They sign over yes. their third-born child. child. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, and so you hear that all the time. Yeah. And I tell people, like, my number one goal is to have this be an amazing experience for you. I want this to be stress-free. I want it to be fun. You're buying a house. It's exciting, yeah, it's awesome. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. why are we worried about, about this? this. <laughs> it's a stinking document. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to probably ask for five or six documents total. It's not yeah. that big a deal. Exactly. Right? And so I think just reframing perspective for people so that they know what to expect and have the right idea of what this looks like. Mm -hmm. um, and then just bringing that energy in. Like, hey mm -hmm. guys, it's not as big a deal as you think it is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the one thing I know we'd love to hear about is some of your um, sort of some common pitfalls or successes that you see in your industry. But before we get to that, I, the one question I would have for you is, you clearly have a jump story because you went from... Um, you know, starting off in mortgage lending for a different bank and decided to essentially open your own branch here in Cheyenne. What, what was the day? Tell us about that decision and how scary or courageous, however you want to word that was for you. Yeah. So, um, it, I mean, it's been a long process. I don't know that I would give a specific day or an idea, right? So, so the idea of building a team or, or building a branch and managing something, uh, was in play for probably two years before I put it into place. Okay. Um, there was actually a, a very specific moment in which I sort of um, upped my mortgage game in general. I, I took a training by a company called Zenix. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal coaching and training resources there. And, and it made me realize the reality of what I could do. So the same thing I'm talking about, giving that inspiration to homeowners, right? Yeah. Or potential mm -hmm. homeowners. That was given to me in mortgage. And it was like, here's what this can look like. Here's the reality you can create. You have to be intentional and you have to do the actions that do that. Yeah. And then they helped with some of the actions. Uh, and, and that sort of just, that entire training and process reframed my mindset to go, I can create whatever I want to create. If I see a reality, if I have a vision, all I have to do is figure out the steps and then do it. It's that simple. Yeah. And it's not, it doesn't have to be scary. Yeah. And by the way, I've failed many times on different things that I've tried and that's okay. Right? Like sure. everything that it's like, Hey, mm -hmm. I got to try this. I got to try this. I succeeded more than I failed. And as long as the momentum is there and I'm, I'm trying and I'm keep going, I can learn. Mm -hmm. I can look back. In fact, I posted something recently that it was a quote that just really struck me. Um, no such thing as regrets, only lessons. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. I can look at things and say, hey, that was not my best investment decision. It didn't go as I wanted it to. It didn't perform like I thought it did. But I learned a lot. Yeah. And so that's the lesson that I took away from it. I think that's the hard thing about failure and something we don't talk about enough. I, I didn't really start to embrace it until my kids were well into high school. But you know how when you're sitting with your kids around the table and you ask them, you know, what's the best part of your day? What's the worst part of your day? Or whatever the case is. And we did that a lot when our kids were growing up. But somewhere along the way, and I don't remember the day, but I remember thinking we need to be embracing failure because that means that you're trying and you're working towards a goal of whatever kind. And just because you're failing at it doesn't mean you aren't on the right path or doing what you're supposed to be doing. So when my kids were in high school, I started asking them, what mistakes did you make today? What, what would you consider to be a failure for today? Just to start to normalize the word and normalize talking about mm -hmm. it and that I want you to go out and make mistakes. Unfortunately, you know, we got started so late. Um, 
that I, while they understand, of course, and know that failure is a part of life, it, I wish we'd have started sooner on the subject, I guess, because it is sort of a taboo. Everybody's afraid of failure, you know, and I would say probably for myself as well, (laughs) you know, it is, you know, it's a hard thing to, you got to be practiced at it. So Jocko Willink has a, uh, do you guys know who Jocko Uh -uh. is? Okay. You should, you should look him up. Um, He's an ex Navy SEAL and he's got this big booming voice. Um, And so he's got this, uh, I think it was an excerpt from one of his podcasts, but he's got a video on YouTube. You can look it up. Just look up Jocko Willink good. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm not getting paid for this, um, but it, yeah. he, he goes through Although this... that's not to say that we don't invite sponsors along. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, Jocko, if you're listening. Um, he goes through this series of events that happened to him as a commanding officer. And, you know, he said, hey, we didn't get the supply order we wanted. Good. And he would always say that to his, his reports. And they'd be like, what, what do you mean good? This is not a good thing. He said, no, it is a good thing because now we're going to learn how to beat it. And ah. now here's an opportunity for us to be better. Yes. That's the mindset shift, right? Yes. It's just like this failure is good. Yeah. These yeah, it's challenges a, it's a step are good. Towards something. Mm-hmm. Yes. And just because you fell one time doesn't mean you aren't meant to do that. It doesn't mean that you aren't, you know, like you say, if you've got people that are working with you to purchase a home and they're making the steps, you know, paying things off or whatever the case is, and then they t- take a step backwards, that doesn't mean that they're never going to own a home again. It just means that. They got yeah. it. May, it may take a little extra time, but there's no end date. Absolutely, and and yeah. flipping flipping maybe the audience a little bit here is, is talking about realtors and lenders in this market, right? Yeah. Like this last year, I made this comment to you the other day, Ria, but I have worn my therapist hat more than I ever have, <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah. it wasn't just with clients, yeah. right? It sure, was with, with realtors, realtors who yeah. are saying, "Hey, I'm going to get out of the game. It's just not enough. Nothing's going on. Whatever, right?" Mm-hmm. And um, you know, people are like, "I can't wait for the market to turn around." And I honestly, I was guilty of saying this early on. I said, I hope this lasts a little while because it's going to show the people who have the who grit have the to grit get through to it. Going. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's going to thin things out a little bit. And I, I and don't. And it's not always a bad thing. It's not always a bad And I don't want people to fail. Don't no. get me wrong. That's yeah. not the idea. But the idea is every one of us that sticks in it is going to get to wear a badge. Sure. We're going to say, I I survived 2023 (laughs) in the real estate market, right? Uh, And and it makes us better. It makes us stronger. And so honestly, as hard as it was, and and I have a lot of hope and and ideas of what it's going to look like this next year, but as hard as it was, I'm glad that it happened. And I think there's a lot of growth that happened out of that. For sure. Well, I agree. people get creative and innovative about how they go about their business. Um, and so I, I definitely think it was an opportunity. Oftentimes it seems like um, I wouldn't call 2023 a tragedy, but when you think about sort of the hardships or the tragedies in your life, almost always some type of blessing or something pops mm-hmm. out of that, you know, so I completely Absolutely. agree. Mm-hmm. So do you have anything you'd like to share with us? Any fun story or any, um, what's a common thing that you see that you would love for our listeners to know or to learn from? I, honestly, it, it really is just talking to somebody early. Like that is the biggest pitfall that I see is that people are saying, hey, I've been thinking about buying a house for a year and I'm finally ready to talk to a lender. We did Again, it's the same theme. It's stop <laughs> thinking, people. Do. Yes. Do it. Stop yes. thinking about anything you're thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. Take and, the step forward. And, and even if you're not ready to buy a house yet, right? Like, go talk to somebody and outline the game plan. Yeah. Because then they come in, and, and oftentimes it's they, they went and looked at a house today. They're like, we're ready to put an offer on this house. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. like, that's fantastic. You have a 540. Yeah. We got a little bit of work to do. 540 credit score, that is. And right? now you just got a dagger to the heart because they're like, oh, I know. deflated. And now they're probably they like, the I'm never yeah. getting a house. Yes, that's and exactly. And then, yes. then they have this feeling of, yeah, just disappointment. Yes, so that's the pitfall people fall into is that mm-hmm. they wait and wait and wait because, to your point, Rhea, they feel the shame. Mm-hmm. They're scared to talk to a lender. They don't yep. know what this is going to look like. Finally, they get the guts and the courage, and then they hear, you don't qualify at the moment, right? Yeah. And and I try to be as careful with that delivery as I possibly can because I know where they're coming from, and I don't want to discourage them. But if, the, if, if I'm looking at the functional pitfall there, it was, well, where were you a year ago? Mm-hmm. when you were thinking about getting mm-hmm. ready because you maybe haven't even talked to a realtor a year ago 
Right. But you didn't talk to a lender to see if you would qualify for the mortgage. Not everybody needs a mortgage. I get that, right? But if you know that you're going to need to borrow the money and you want to buy a house, maybe the first thing you should do is actually talk to somebody who can help you say, is this possible and what does it look like? Because that's the other thing is setting appropriate expectation. If you just looked at a $400,000 house and then I I have to tell you that you qualify for two eighty dollars or $300,000, you're going to be disappointed and it's not going to be a great experience. And so my my recommendation for people is always as early as you can to at least know what the financial side of things looks like. Mm -hmm. And beyond qualification, what do you want your payment to be? You know, sometimes people are like, I really want this $400,000 house. I'm like, well, do you want that payment? No, I really don't. Yeah. Okay, well, now you, you have a choice yeah. to make. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. No, I completely, um, I completely agree because the thing that I think, too, about getting pre-qualified is it gives you confidence and empowerment. Like, mm-hmm. I, if, if, you're, if you're going to look at houses... You know you could buy it yeah. if you decide that you love it. Yes, yes. yes. And you're not walking in it going, oh, my gosh, am I going to fall in love with this house? And then someone's going to tell me no. Yes, and then and then it's like your power's taken away. Yeah. Yes. You know. I, I love Instead, it. you walk yeah. into it going, "If I decide I love this house, I, I can, can get, get it." it. Yeah. <laughs> so so shout out and, and this is actually somebody uh, fairly local. Um, uh, I'm spacing on the name of the book right now, but I'm going to get it and I'm going to plug him. Um, but it was the idea is that you need to give per- people permission to say yes because they don't know where their comfort zone is half the time, if not more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I, I love this, and I'll share it with you guys, and, and it's great, 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 great for first-time homebuyers especially. Uh, and, and I kind of boiled through a lot of different industry people in personal financial advising, in real estate, you know, CPAs, a few different other ideas, and I boiled it down to this green light zone and yellow light zone for your monthly payment and your purchase price. And it was a combination of all that advice. And I also went back and looked at my client database over the last seven years. Uh, I just did this this last year. So this is like six months old. Um, And what I did is I said, okay, who's doing really, really well financially? Who's able to save for retirement, pay debt off, maybe is already debt free uh, and still live a very comfortable lifestyle? And and who's kind of in in a... maybe a little less than ideal place, and then who's in a really rough place? Who's calling me back two years after they bought their house and saying, I can't make my payments, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I put the pieces together, and it was uncanny. The people who were doing really well, their payment was always, always, always 25 to 30% of their gross income. Okay, Which is what... And, and yes, Most so if you, if Dave you hear Ramsey, Dave all of Ramsey the, yeah, now, yeah. okay, I got to caveat this. I love Dave Ramsey. Okay. Don't get me wrong. His rule is 25% of your take-home pay right. on a 15-year note. Oh, that's hard. That's not going to work. Yeah, not for a lot, a lot not of Not in people. our market, to be fair. He's in mm-hmm. Tennessee, and in a lot of markets yeah. in Tennessee, you can do that. Yeah. Um, here, Cheyenne, Wyoming, no, not, so not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it would be like 5% of the population buying houses. Um, so you had got this green light, 25 to 30% of your gross income. Uh, and, and then yellow light, I wanted an area that was like, there's a lot of people, life happens quickly, right? Lots of things happen, jobs change, um, spouses leave the workforce, stay at home with the kids, come back into the workforce in a few years. So this yellow light zone is like, hey, maybe there's a reason that we're taking a little higher payment than is an ideal situation. Maybe we have a spouse who's going to reenter the workforce, Or, um, you know, just recently it was an electrician who's an apprentice and he's on his third year. And I'm like, hey, you're going to make journey next year, right? (laughs) Yeah, you're going to be okay. (laughs) So, you know, that's going to be a significant pay bump for him. So it's like, okay, maybe we're okay here. It's less than ideal right now. Um, Or oftentimes right now it's rates are very likely to come down. Are you going to refinance your loan? If we can drop that payment a couple hundred dollars, maybe you're in yellow, but we bring you back down to green, right? Um, so it's just giving people this idea and this framework of like, hey, it's okay to say yes if you're here and you focus on this green light zone and say, all right, you know, maybe our top end purchase in your green light is 320. That means if you go look at a 315 house and you love it, say yes. <laughs> just say yes. <laughs> yeah. Love the house because yeah. now you made the logical decision before the emotions got involved. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're allowed to make emotional decisions and that feels great. Yes. But when you start with emotions and then logic squashes that feeling, yeah. that's when disappointment comes into play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've really, I've developed that idea and mentality that I share with all my clients. And like I said, uh, especially first time buyers, just it clicks so, so well with them because nobody's told them. Mm-hmm. Nobody's told them it's okay to buy this house because you're going to be in a safe range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Sure, you're we kind of giving one, them permission. We had one guest on here, and she talked about how scary it was, and mm -hmm. it, it, it really makes you think because sometimes they don't even share that with you of how scary it is to buy a house. Like, am I doing the right thing? You know what I mean? But yeah. the normal. way you are yeah. educating them makes them have confidence in what they're doing. Absolutely. Larry Kendall, Ninja Selling. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which is okay. the group. Yes. And that's a big brokerage down in Fort Collins, right? Okay. Um, so a phenomenal, phenomenal resource and phenomenal book. Anybody in any sort of sales industry, um, but especially real estate. Great, great okay. reading. Yeah. I'll get it. Yeah. We're book nerds in our office, too. I don't know if you know <laughs> yeah. that. I've heard you have a library or we something. Do. We do. I have think you a, told me, maybe. Yeah, we have a pl clever little play. Uh, we have the lending library, because Benjamin Franklin's the one who invented sort of the idea of the public library, and right. the very first one was called the lending library, ah. because you would lend the books from the library. Sure. So, of course, being in lending... We're the lending library. Oh, very clever. Nice. We're punny, too. <laughs> I know. I we Taylor. get that with the beard and Taylor. and the yeah. Taylor, I t you know, whenever he's doing an open house with me, I'm like, all right, give it to me. Tell me the quotes. memes. Tell me the quotes. Get them out of your system right now. <laughs> yeah. And then, he, I think he just gave us one. I and then remember. Lee with the beard. Yeah. Everything Lee. Yes. Clear Lee. Clear Lee. Wonderfully. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I love that you, before you said his name you, you referenced him as the beard the beard and that is now what i'm going to call him okay oh, i digress the, beard. the bearded lender <laughs> the bearded lender just don't tell him where you got it from <laughs> yeah right so tell us uh one of the things that we ask all of our um guests is their favorite what is your favorite thing about cheyenne Ooh, um, so I am an outdoors enthusiast, um, and, and Cheyenne itself doesn't actually lend to that very well. Um, but honestly, I, I love the plains. I love that you can just look out to the horizon and see forever and ever. Not and everybody ever. says that, the eastern side of Wyoming being plains. I don't know. I mean, I the skies are beautiful, but yes. I don't know that we always hear that the flat plains are a favorite. So I love that. I just that. love seeing forever. And if you look at our logo, um, it took a long time to try and get it captured. Um, because if you look out at the mountains, so <laughs> fun story here. I told the artist who was working on our logo we're in Cheyenne, Wyoming. He looks up Wyoming, and he he has like big mountains. Oh, sure. I'm like no, 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 no. You don't get <laughs> no, it. They're you far don't far get away. it. <laughs> it's the delivering the expectations. Yes, that's exactly right. right Josh. So, so then, so then I called him up, <laughs> and I was like, hey. Um, Maybe look up some pictures of Cheyenne. You know, I said, because there are mountains. They're very, very large, but they're very far, far away. <laughs> so from here, they look small. And so if you look at our logo, we tried to ah. capture that as best as we can. And it's got that small silhouetted mountain type of look where you can't distinguish one mountain or another. You just see the peaks and the ridges. Oh, and okay. so, um, and, and that's just one of my favorite things about this area. It's such a unique landscape that you don't see elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. I, I like, like it too. too. I was out, well, and this weather that we're having is like, crazy but i was out yes last night showing a house and yeah you could just see for like miles yes. i was just like this is so cool it is and there was no wind and it was so nice out it's yeah. like yep oh january and the wyoming sky and then really this deliver. weekend Yes. Something's supposed to happen. I don't know. I'm going to be gone, though. It's so fine. I'm going to change. Oh, yeah. You're going to Florida. I'm going to Florida. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to escape the weather this time. I'm always the one here weathering the snow and the ice while half the people on my Facebook feed are sitting on a beach somewhere in front of a pool with a, with a drink with an umbrella in their glass. And now, this time... I'm going to be gone. <laughs> I'm so glad. So uh, a friend a friend of mine who's a realtor was just telling me yesterday, she went to Mexico during that last polar vortex oh, that we had. Yes. The pilot, after he landed, had told them that it, that was his first time. There was a 108-degree temperature swing from takeoff wow. to landing. Wow. And then she was in Mexico the whole time. So, you know. <laughs> We didn't, we didn't really feel sorry for her then. <laughs> the wind is population control here. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's the people story. that are here are tough. By yes. the way, you know, if I had to say the next best yeah. thing about Cheyenne is honestly the people. Mm -hmm. um, and the people here are more resilient. They're mm -hmm. more thoughtful. And um, honestly, they just care. It is crazy when you go elsewhere. And I forget that not everybody's like that. You know, I don't, yep. I don't have to worry about where I'm walking to or whatever. I smile to somebody on the sidewalk. They smile back. <laughs> and I can say, how are you doing? And they'll say, I'm doing great. great. How are you? <laughs> right? And they'll stop walking and talk to you. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you, you go some other places, and it's just not the same. So We were talking about that on one, with one of our other guests because um, when you grow up here, you know no different. Mm. And so it's just a part of our life. So then when you hear other people talk and say, 
man, it's so nice to come where people are kind. And I, it's taken me a second to sort of listen to that and go, so that means there's places where that's not a, the norm. That's not the culture from wherever it's at. And not that, um, I think that, you know, the world is just rainbows and, you know, sunshine everywhere, but still I, it's just, it's, it's fun to listen to. Absolutely. And honestly, so like growing up in the islands, the people were wonderful there too. So like I had a little bit of the same issue, but you know, I would talk to family members or friends or honestly people moving here, right? Clients were moving from elsewhere and they're like, why is everybody so nice? (laughs) What's wrong? What are you taking? We don't know. Because the wind does make us grouchy. (laughs) Maybe it's in the water. (laughs) Well, you want to ask your favorite question? I know this one is... Um, yours. <clears throat> yes, I do. If you could purchase a property anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? That's such a wonderful question. Um, yeah, I, and, and actually, like honestly, I think a lot of people don't put as much thought into this because I would love to visit many, many places that I wouldn't want to own real estate in. Right. Sure. And I think that we always have to balance. People think of this like just great idea of owning a house in Costa Rica or in Mexico That's or somewhere right. nice and warm, right? <laughs> I have family in Costa Rica, but I, yeah, you'd think that and then you go, but would I use it? Would I? Right. Well, and what's the appreciation rate? Right. What's the rate of receipt? Right. This is my nerd and finance coming out in me. Uh, so, where's the best place? Um, honestly, like right now, this is a little insider tip, Airbnbs in Rapid City, South Dakota. That's, I would buy all my properties there and just do a bunch of Airbnbs there. And then I would go rent or buy a house to live in and maybe in Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't invest into those other areas. I just don't know them well enough. Rapid yeah. City does seem to be growing. It's it's honestly a great market. Yeah. Um, lots and lots of tourists and visitors. Yep. I mean, the Black um, Hills are just yeah. amazing. Yeah, we have an Airbnb up there. Oh, you and do? And it does really, really well. Yeah. Okay. Well, and cool. I've often thought about... Um, it's interesting you say Rapid City because I've always thought more in the like Deadwood, Lead, Hill City, um, Nemo kind of area, Spearfish, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, not necessarily specifically in Rapid City, but I think you're absolutely right. I mean, that whole area there, people travel through there. I mean, you got I 90, and you can spend a week in the Black Hills and not see everything you want to see oh absolutely so, yeah. absolutely and 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 we can detour a little bit into airbnbs if you yeah want let's to. do it um because this is a question i get all the time and I, i've helped a lot of clients with it and helped yeah. them with the setup and the technology and the stuff because it is a lot of fun for me it is um and <clears throat> one of the things you mentioned the other markets and areas you have to be careful with regulations and you have to be forward thinking on regulations right now because so many markets and actually Are rapid city to put is a very guilty of this right now they don't have regulations. Okay. If you ask the city, they will tell you they don't allow them, uh, which is a fun little side little fact. So, you know, <laughs> buyer beware here. Um, but they don't have any regulations specifically about it. And so when they do make regulations, what's that going to do to your investment? And so it's always important to exit plan, right? Can I convert this into a traditional long-term rental or a mid-term rental, right? Sure. Um, is there a hospital nearby, traveling nurses, other people that you can right. access? And what methods can you market to them? Um, you know, and so specifically in, in the Rapid City or Black Hills area, Lead and Deadwood, they're not allowed. Um, ah. So you have to be a little bit careful. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. And then you have to think about management. Um, if your property is 45 minutes into the Black yeah, Hills. Who's, who's doing all the stuff for you? It's yeah. a lot harder to find a cleaner. Snow mm-hmm. removal becomes a whole different animal. Sure. Um, are the roads well maintained to get to your property? Uh, we have another one in Woodland Park, Colorado. And so we've got a little bit of ex- experience with that more remote, because that one's about 15 minutes outside of the town of Woodland Park, which is only 9,000 people of itself. Uh, and it's in the mountains. And so, you know, there it's like, okay, snow removal is $160 to get the driveway plowed. And the nightly rate oh. in the winter time is $200. Yeah. So if I get a one-night stay and I have to plow for them, I'm basically not making any money. Do you allow right? one-night stays? No. Nope. Yeah. So that's another business yeah. decision Ours you can is think two. of. You've yeah. got to be a minimum of two. Yes. Nights. Yeah. Is and that... I, I think, yeah. So two nights, actually mine are all tiered. So if you're passed out four months booking in advance, it's a five night minimum stay because I like the longer term stuff. Sure. Uh, and we were intentional with our properties to get bigger properties. Uh, the one in Rapids, like a multifamily type of setup. Okay. Uh, the one in Woodland Park is up to 10 people. So it's still a little bit bigger. And I like family stays, longer stays. 
I don't like all the work and turnover that's required for every single guest. So if I can avoid the two night stays, I will. Yeah. And then as we get closer, I have it automatically set up to allow shorter stays. And, and I have what they call orphan gap rules. So if I have a night or two that's unbooked, even though it's four months in advance, it'll open it up for a smaller, smaller window. I see. That way I can try to keep as close as I can to 100% booking. Did the situation in Deadwood and Lead, did that change recently? Because I stayed at an Airbnb in Lead a couple summers so ago. Outside, I think if you're outside the city limits. This was right in, right near downtown Lead. Don't tell on them. I was like, well, okay, maybe they're just not enforcing it. Um, because so, there's a neighborhood. If you go downtown Lead, there's a pretty sizable Black Hills. There's a hill there where there's a lot. There's a ton of homes up through there and when you drive up the um the roads are steep that's what had me thinking when you were talking about snow shoveling mm -hmm. because this home was an airbnb in the middle of that area and i i my mind instantly went to uh snow removal there because it has to be a nightmare i mean it looks like like what you see the hills in like san francisco where it's like like this <laughs> that's what it's like in this this neighborhood just off the main street there in lead but yeah they I <laughs> like I said, you know, and, and I tell I tell people this all the time because they'll be like, well, my friend did, the, you know, they'll ask, can I am I allowed to do this in a mortgage or am I allowed to say mm -hmm. my income this way or do this other thing? And they're like, well, I know so and so that this. I'm like, people commit crimes every day, guys. Don't, <laughs> don't think just because should. somebody's can can do it or is doing it doesn't mean they can right or should. Um, Fascinating. So I have no idea. I mean, honestly, like, yeah. you know, and there's uh, like in Rapid, for instance, the regulations right now just they're, they're empty. They don't have anything on short term rental. So the city attorneys have decided that because it's not specifically a, an allowed use in the zoning allowance that they don't allow for it. And their, their rule is 28 days, which comes from their lodging tax rule. So they're combining and convoluting all kinds of different laws and regulations because they don't have any rules in place for it. Mm -hmm. But they've also said that they're only doing it on, they're only pursuing action on complaint basis. Yeah. So there's a ton of Airbnbs that they know of, and I should say short-term rentals, right? Most people are on Airbnb, sure. but these are short-term rentals. Um, they know of a ton that they could potentially pursue action against, but they're not going to because they're only doing it on a complaint basis. Essentially, they've had a bunch of people complain. And like they in a want neighborhood, to... probably. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, we got a complaint um, early on, and it was during Sturgis. Imagine that, because <laughs> uh, we had a whole bunch of bikers staying at the house, and yeah. we, we are, that place is in a quieter neighborhood. And so um, you just have to be careful with what that culture of that place is, um, you know, mm -hmm. and, and don't be afraid to make the phone calls to talk to the people and do the research. I called the city attorney before we bought the house. I knew what I was getting into. And I actually straight up told them that I would be happy to go to court and help them settle this matter and, you know, get a rule on the books if it came to that. Ah. And they said, well, if that comes to that, then, you know, we'll have that conversation. We'll see you then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luckily enough, after the complaint, we had actually had a guest who booked for like four months. And so I just told them, uh -huh. I, it's not a short-term rental right now. I have, a, I have a midterm guest for four months. And they were like, okay, great. <laughs> okay. Well, that worked out. <laughs> so, you know, look, look for creative ways to be transparent, not be beating around the bush or hiding things, but also sure. to comply. Yeah. Um, but you do have to be careful with that type of investment right now. And that's a hot topic. And a lot of people just want to buy an Airbnb or short-term rental wherever. Uh, and I'm, I'm a little bit more cautious than that. It's a lot more work than a traditional rental. Mm -hmm. And so I better get a better return on it. If I'm mm -hmm. getting the same return as I would on a long-term rental, I'm not going to do it. I'm no, because you're doing do more work. Rental. Right. Exactly. <laughs> more work for the same. Well, market. and I'm guessing, I mean, like even here in Cheyenne, there's homes um, that are being rented out as Airbnb. We have one. But there's also a housing shortage. And so there is, I'm guessing, for a lot of communities when there's a housing shortage and then you have people purchasing homes for the out-of-towners to come stay and then locals are not actually able to rent or purchase that home, then it becomes, you know little more of a mud, muddy waters there and that that's where actually that's where a lot of markets are coming from especially mm -hmm. smaller vacation markets uh, where you would traditionally have great great luck with a short-term rental those how those uh, cities and counties are restricting them and banning them because it's restricting the supply available to permanent residents yeah so I mentioned <laughs> ours in Woodland Park and it's it's in the county so this is okay but just two months ago Woodland Park the city completely out, out outright banned them so uh, you're not allowed to have short-term rentals in Woodland Park anymore. 
And that changed just in the time that we had our house there. And we've only had our house there for a year and a half. And so those are the things that you have to be thoughtful of when you come into a market and invest in it. Just like any investment you're going to make. Do your research. Know the the regulatory environment of where you are. Mm -hmm. Is it regulated? And and if it's not yet regulated, how long do we think it's going to be until we get there? And do we think it's going to be favorable or not? Sure. That's good advice. Yeah, that's great. Well, you... um, Typically, when we ask people um, where they're, you know, where they would purchase property at, it usually, and for us included, the answers were around, you know, where would we like to either um, purchase like a dream home or a vacation home or something like that. And most people have chosen around Wyoming as like everybody lives here for a reason. And as I think about it, that's probably true. If you're living in Wyoming, that's intentional, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Unless and you're so, in the military and they made you. Made you here. Yeah. But then they stay here because they, yeah, they do, don't they? <laughs> they do. But um, you're now the third guest that has talked about it in an investment Uh, through an investment lens and not necessarily through a personal lens. So that's been interesting to Mm -hmm. listen to. And as we continue with our, you know, having guests on, it'll be as we learn more about where people are dreaming of having Mm -hmm. property. So Well, and visions are always really funny because that's a vision question, right? Yes. What do you want your life to look like? Yeah. And I find more and more people will, they'll get the initial idea and they'll stop. They don't think about what it actually looks like to be there day to day to day to day, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they have this idea of living in a beach house in wherever, and you're like, well, do you know what the people are like there? Mm-hmm. No, I have no clue, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe we pull on this a little bit. So I, actually, I'm not well equipped to answer that question. We're in process of adoption in Costa Rica. Uh, oh, congratulations. And so, thank you. Yeah, um, that's a long journey and a whole other podcast, <laughs> but um, huh. we, we haven't been there yet. And so, like, I like the idea of it, but I have no idea. Maybe I'm going to get down there and not like it. I mean, what I hear is that the people are that wonderful. won't happen. You'll like that's that's yeah. that's what I've heard everywhere, right? But <laughs> um, so then then it's like rainforest, volcano, beach. Where do I want to be? Costa Rica has mm-hmm. so much, and there's. But I would never ever ever leave Wyoming. So you know, in an ideal world, I'm in Wyoming from like May to October, and then fly down to Costa Rica yeah. and be yeah. there for the colder, harder months. But then I'll want to come back up here and snowshoe and go goose hunting and do the, all the other winter sports. <laughs> I think, too, I, um, your home isn't just the box that you're living in. It's the community that you're living in. And I think that's one of the hard parts about um, if you're thinking of your dream house, like, all I want to do is, you know, move to Hawaii when I retire, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then what happens is your community doesn't move with you when you move to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're essentially starting completely over with a social network and all of these people that you have spent oftentimes years or your whole life with. And I only say that because having moved from Gillette to here, um, I it's been actually a lot of fun to not know anybody when I first moved here. I can go to Walmart and nobody's stopping me to talk and it's fine and you know, but then over a little period of time I'm like I kind of miss seeing familiar faces. I kind of miss walking into my coffee shop and seeing the same people there or whatever the case is. And so you have to give it time then to get to know, build your social network, build your community in the town that you live in before that starts to build up again. And I just like what you're saying with that vision, I think it's easy to get a vision thinking life's going to be great because I'm going to move to this place, but you're not taking all of your relationships and your people with you necessarily. And I think that's, as I have thought about like moving to a different, I, I used to that's say, that's why I can't move. Yeah. Because we want, <laughs> if I can take all the people with me. I'll yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could just Everyone take Cheyenne and move it, it with, move it. yeah, no, I'll go. Okay. So I think it's, it's not even just about the geography. It's about the people that you're surrounded by. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's why we're here. That's why we're yeah. in Cheyenne. Not that I not that I don't like the geography here, but if I'm going to be in Wyoming, like I'd like to be in the mountains. Yes. But if I could pick up my community and take Move them it. with me, I would. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, yeah. I don't. And mm-hmm. we've built, I mean, we've built a business here. I've built a team here. But more importantly, my family's here. The people that I know are yes. here. Our mm-hmm. church is here. Yes. yes. So those are all things that, you know, those relationships you can't replace. No. Nope. And if you've ever seen somebody, and, and Rhea, I'd be interested to see you know your reaction to this, but if you've ever seen somebody who moved away from a place they lived for a really long time, built a new network, 
and then they see an old familiar face there's just like a moment of like oh my gosh this is so amazing i'm yes. so glad to see you and it's yes. a, it's like a level of connection you cannot no you cannot substitute you cannot no. replace it with anything no i completely agree and especially yeah. like in my case and probably for you too lindy you know when you we both grew up in gillette so you you say I went to elementary school with these people, junior high school, college, you know, and then when you're building a career, you're building the networks, you know, this person I went to high school with is now in banking or this person works for the government or this person is working in the oil field or whatever. And you see them when you go out to eat or whatever the case is and you just, and you're, you're standing on the sidelines together while your kids play soccer or football or basketball or whatever. And you don't realize how much that impacts you until you move away Mm -hmm. and it's all gone. You know, and so, yes. So if one of them were to, if I were, and this happens, well, it happens to my husband more than me because my husband knows no stranger, but <laughs> we'll be at a restaurant and somebody from Gillette or right will, will be there. And, and it's like, oh my God, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, oh my God. My mom too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. my mom. I'm like, are we related to them? How are we related to them? But you're right. There's like, what's like, happening right now? She's we like, do you know who this I is? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Totally do. (laughs) But you're right. When you when you've spent your whole life living somewhere and you see that person outside of that context, yeah, it's more meaningful for sure. Yeah, and and community is um, it's an often overlooked part of things, and people will even say the word and then not think about what it really means. Means. And so, yeah, you know, that is one of when I when I say the people here in Cheyenne, community is really what I mean. You know, yes. and the people here want to be a part of the community. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, we're, we're inclusive and we yep. just let people in naturally, which, yeah. which is a great, that's a great part of the people here. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This has yes. been really lovely. I would love for you to come back because we have so much more to talk about. Every yes. single person we're going to have to have like <laughs> episode <Part> two. <laughs> number two. Yeah, because it's hard. To... All right. You, you came and visited us in 2024, but um, you haven't visited us in 2025, so we want you back. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've never been accused of having a boring life, and there's always interesting things <laughs> to talk about and learn about, so I'm, I'm happy to come back anytime. Yes. Well, hopefully the day settles down for you. I know it was blowing up a little bit uh this morning and I'm uh yeah I'm I'm living the same path today so hopefully it settles down for the and if you if you liked our conversation um or want to meet Josh Josh was with High Plains Mortgage Team mm-hmm. and you want to tell you he's on social media Josh yeah, Ayers will yeah. share his stuff I need to start getting better about in the comments I'll share links to people's stuff i want to go back and do yeah. that i haven't yeah, yeah. so yeah, yes i will up. do I'm not that hard to find phone yeah. numbers posted all over the internet it is i found the other day i'm like and call cell phone so it's fine <laughs> yep and then i'm lindy and this is ria yep. we're with peak properties you can find us at sellcheyenne.com or on social media yep and follow us on beyond the front door podcast um it's getting really fun it is it is and keep listening yes yep thank, thank you, you. This episode of Beyond the Front Door is brought to you by Peak Properties in Cheyenne, Wyoming. With over 75 years of combined experience in real estate, it's our goal to help clients buy and sell and save by providing the information you want and the professional services you expect. Let us help you with your residential, commercial, HUD, income-producing properties, as well as vacant land and rental needs. To learn more, visit www.sellcheyenne.com.